big hello, a big welcome. It's time for this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. So Kunal, there could not have been a better way to say goodbye to Sepang. We had a classic motor race in Malaysia. It was very exciting. Yes, we actually did. But I am still amazed by what the promoters of the Malaysian Grand Prix said. Uh, they said that they wouldn't host Formula One, even if it was offered to them for free. Ouch! I think the promoter also questioned how the current formula can be fun. <laughs> well, at least someone saying the truth. <laughs> but I'm really glad that these thought-provoking statements actually saw no response from the Formula One management. Basically, I'm glad that there was no cleaning of dirty laundry in public. Yeah, but Kunal, there are also some conflicting reports. So I read that you know the next prime minister and government of Malaysia might be interested in supporting the revival of the Grand Prix. And yes, this would be one reunion that most drivers, teams, and fans would wouldn't actually mind having, right? <laughs> so maybe they're just going on a sabbatical for now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm sure Red Bull Racing will also be pretty pleased to know that the track could come back because they've had two double podium finishes in the last two years. And actually, their only double podiums in the last two years were at Sepang. Interesting, but let's remember: I don't think Formula One management possibly minded letting go of Sepang. I think they, uh, you know, the new owners are focusing on growth in the core markets, which something I remember Bernie Ecclestone was happy to let go of. And so, while Malaysia goes off the calendar, we actually have France and Germany, two traditionally very strong. Formula One markets making a comeback on the calendar next season, so you lose one but you win two or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting news for Formula One. So, guys, in this week's episode, we will wonder if Formula One will and should and can ever have forty races on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> we discuss why microphones in Formula One to enhance engine sounds is actually a good idea or can actually be a good idea. Yeah, and of course we have our usual humorous McLaren section, and this week we're also having a Ricciardo section because he suddenly becomes so super popular. Yes, and remember to subscribe to us because we are getting popular as well. Yay! <laughs> we are available on iTunes, on Audio Boom, on TuneIn Radio, and I think possibly every podcasting platform that's available on planet Earth. <laughs> Maybe Mars as well. Yeah, Who thank knows? you, Kunal, for getting us like everywhere. So with Sepang off the calendar, China, Singapore, and Bahrain are the only three remaining Asian venues on the calendar. Well, that's if you don't consider Azerbaijan as being half in Europe and half in Asia. So yeah. we're going to let that. <laughs> we... I don't think Azerbaijan wants to be considered part of Asia. So you know, let them be. So Formula One management said that they are keen on India and that they have forty other venues showing interest in hosting Formula One races. Wow. Kunal, I know I'm being very greedy, but I wonder if we can ever have 40 Formula One races in the year. I mean, that would basically mean a race every weekend. We would have no <laughs> life whatsoever. But hey, Formula One is our life. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'd love <laughs> My it. My God, that was so cliched. <laughs> so I am pretty sure I would love to have as many Grand Prix every week as possible. And uh, however, I get this feeling that more the races. Might just add to more fatigue, and sometimes less is actually more in Formula One or in life. <laughs> yeah, you're going to start spewing all that marketing jargon. <laughs> But hey, I want more races. <laughs> Long story short. 
सो फॉर दोज वंडरिंग अबाउट इंडियन ग्रांड प्री गो एंड रीड माई व्यूज ऑन माई ब्लॉग कुनाल जय फ्रॉम ब्लॉग डॉट कॉम आई रिटन अबाउट फाइव थिंग्स एट फॉर्मूला वन नीड्स टू चेंज बिफोर रिवाइविंग द एपिक इंडियन ग्रांड प्री कुनाल आई एक्चुअली रेड दैट पीस इट वॉज वेरी वेरी वेल रिटर्न थैंक यू and the the indian grand prix is obviously special for us because this was the venue where kunal and i met for the first time guys <laughs> <laughs> i also read paul hemry's comments this was about scheduling of races and it was actually also an interesting piece so he said that the races could be scheduled to project them as you know the european cup the asian cup basically create all these mini cups alongside the big world title <laughs> and i think that's actually an interesting thought because most sports leagues in the world follow such a format and uh, you know i'm glad you mentioned such an offbeat thought because there was another offbeat idea that i read this came from graham of talking about f1.com and he wrote about how uh, the results would be if the world drivers champion was decided by the driver who led most number of laps in a race rather than scoring maximum points in a season wow that is an interesting thought i'm going to let that sink in for a second yeah it's actually a very deep yeah. thought so thank you graham and you guys are really welcome to go and read it i would really recommend it to our listeners to go to graham's website and read it and the other piece of news that got me interested which is actually my favorite topic of the week was when i read that formula 1 is planning to use ceramic microphones to enhance engine sounds well i don't believe these guys first they gave us artificial overtaking via drs and now this <laughs> <laughs> so i actually gave this a long thought and uh, i think that if microphones are being used to enhance delivery of engine sounds on the broadcast feed then it's fine because a lot of sports actually do that so when you watch tennis and you hear the bounce of the ball and the screams of the players remember that these are microphones in the playing arena that capture these sounds and relay it onto broadcast yeah though speaking of tennis i don't think they need microphones for maria sharapova <laughs> <laughs> and ditto for football cricket kabaddi and a lot of other sports uh microphones are used to enhance the broadcast experience so why not for formula 1 and in fact uh when you hear the cheer of the fans in the grandstands at a formula 1 race that's thanks to the microphones as well so basically all i'm trying to say is that using microphones to enhance the sound in stadia isn't good but on broadcast it is actually good and uh, as long as what i understand the microphones will only be bringing us the sounds as is But then Kunal this is Formula 1. I think they're very capable of playing the engine sounds, you know, at the venue via speakers or adding <laughs> some sound effects, you know, packaging it nicely for us. You never know. <laughs> yeah, and let's remember Chase Carey comes from the 21st Century Fox Media Group and we know how many broadcast channels they have in the world and all the kind of broadcast expertise and insights and innovation his team might bring to Formula 1. You know in fact going back to my speaker idea I think the new owners might sell this F1 sounds brought to you by as a sponsorship category <laughs> like I'm so sure it's going to happen soon I'm certain they're going to hire you for doing the voice over for sure <laughs> <laughs> So I read about the engine penalty rules being revisited and which is good but there's also talk that the super license point system might change I think they'll now make it easier for drivers to earn their super license. Yeah, firstly, I don't know why they changed the earlier system in the first place because 
The earlier system gave us drivers like Vettel and Verstappen. They all came through the ranks with no problems at all. So as long as young drivers get their brakes in Formula 1, I don't really care what systems they use. Yeah, and the fact that it gave us Max Verstappen means it was working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it also seems that teams will now be allowed to use current cars at demo events. So obviously this is a big loophole and every top team is going to go out of its way to exploit this. Yeah. I just remembered an old motorsport quote uh, that goes like there is actually no substitute for track time. Though Kunal, I think the best news that I read in this week was that a Denmark Grand Prix in Copenhagen might be a possibility. So basically, one by one, we're getting to know what all those 40 mysterious interested venues are. <laughs> <laughs> a Denmark Grand Prix would actually be cool and it's a hop, skip and jump for us from Norway. Yeah, and what, hey, Kevin Magnussen would finally have a home Grand Prix. (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't know if by then Kevin Magnussen will still be in Formula 1. But anyway, that's to be seen. (laughs) Yeah, and guys, if that Danish Grand Prix does happen, we promise you we'll have a Danish Grand Prix brought to you by the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast for sure. (laughs) We'll be there live. (laughs) Anyway, Kunal, let's do a quick recap of the final edition of the Malaysian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen won, he overtook Lewis Hamilton for the lead of the race and we all know how excited we get when an overtake happens for the lead of the race and actually thanks to a mature Hamilton who knows that his fight is with Vettel and not with Verstappen, we actually did not get to see Hamilton defend his lead of the race against Max Verstappen. So basically the title battle between Hamilton and Vettel robbed us a race battle between Hamilton and Verstappen. So, I know I've been verbose, but I've been really waiting to say that. Yeah, but that, that's very well said. That's a very good point. I know you've been practicing that line to make it sound cooler. No, actually, it was all impromptu. Do not trust Mithila. I don't trust her. So, guys, the Hamilton versus Vettel battle just got tougher. So, 34 points is what the difference is now. Vettel had a phenomenal race on Sunday. And he went literally from back of the grid to fourth. And just because he finished behind Hamilton, I don't think his drive will be remembered for too long, but a good saving drive. Yeah, unfortunate. Brilliant drive. Nobody's going to remember it. But one driver who nobody might remember in time to come also could be Valtteri Bottas. He finished 44 seconds behind driver number 44 in a 56 lap race. I honestly still can't get over that deficit. And that could actually mean two things. First is Hamilton is possibly driving faster than the Mercedes can go, which is possible. Alonso has been doing that at McLaren and, you know, there's been evidence of that. Or the second, which could be that the Mercedes upgrades, which were fitted onto Bottas' car, didn't work in Sepang, which is also possible. Yeah, and it's pretty evident the pace of development between the teams. It's really evident. So Red Bull Racing seems to have caught up. In fact, Malaysia was their first ever win on merit in the hybrid turbo era. Yes, that's an interesting statistic. So basically, Mithila told me this pre-podcast that every other time or every previous time Red Bull has won in the hybrid turbo era, it was when the leading drivers or the faster drivers had issues or like in Spain, they crashed out. But uh, I also think Ferrari's new upgraded power unit or Ferrari's power unit in Malaysia went into something called as the Honda mode. It just refused to fire up. (laughs) And uh, which makes me believe on a more serious note, if Ferrari have traded reliability for speed and 
frankly, their position in the championship, which is basically to actually make make a lot of ground up, may have dictated such choices. Force India had a great race, so they had a double points finish. This was actually the twelfth double points finish. Uh, Sergio Perez was unwell, and he still managed to finish sixth, which was great. Uh, Ocon finished tenth. Yes, and Otmar Schaffner, the chief operating officer of Force India, actually complained to the FIA about other teams drying their drivers' grid slots to aid better starts in the wet. So basically, this is not allowed under the rules of the FIA, and unbelievably so, the FIA actually missed. Seeing this in Malaysia, so it's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> I think the FIA will issue a reminder of this rule in Suzuka for sure. Yes, and that's after Force India reminded the FIA of this rule in Malaysia. So. <laughs> <laughs> Stoffel Van Dorn finished ahead of Fernando Alonso in seventh, but frankly, I enjoyed Alonso's radio banter on Kevin Magnussen better. <laughs> <laughs> hey Kunal, I really enjoyed Vettel's radio about Alonso. That was hilarious. Yeah, and uh, what Alonso did there was actually a little unfair, especially since he was being lapped. But then again, let's remember Sebastian Vettel. He's a spoiled kid. He's actually used to having world champion drivers move over for him. to pass and you know i remember michael schumacher doing so in brazil in 2012 yeah the talk of the malaysian grand prix weekend was actually ferrari and it was literally their race to win but you know they lost it and how yeah <laughs> <laughs> i still can't get over vettel's post race crash with lance stroll like how on earth <laughs> like i just don't understand obviously yeah. lance stroll had to be involved but <laughs> Like we keep saying, Lance Stroll went for a stroll and ended up catching Sebastian Vettel. I think the progress he's made is, you know, from crashing during the race. Now he crashes after the race. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I read reports from Sky Sports F1 Italy. Italy, uh, they're saying that Sebastian Vettel might escape penalty in Suzuka because his gearbox might not be damaged from the shunt. They will know once they run it in practice on Friday, which is a few days from now. Yeah, that's heartening to know. But I really liked what I read on Twitter. So uh, Kimi Raikkonen could have won in Malaysia, of course. In fact, Kimi Raikkonen could have had five race wins this season had races turned out normally and had Ferrari been fair. I don't know which one of them is more true. Races run out normally, or Ferrari been fair. And <laughs> if I may do a quick recap, I can think of Monaco, Azerbaijan, Hungary, Singapore, and even Malaysia because yeah. uh, you know. Raikkonen could have won five races this season, and five races to go, 125 points could have been Kimi Raikkonen's. But anyway, after Raikkonen's did not start in Malaysia, uh, I really hoped that uh, Liberty Media would have brought Raikkonen onto the podium to do the post-race interviews with the top three finishers. <laughs> That would have been absolutely a coup. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> But yeah, Williams had a double points finish too. Lance Stroll finished ahead of Felipe Massa. Kunal, Lance Stroll has actually finished ahead of Massa in the last three races. Like, Ouch. very good. Um, I think this is enough proof that Williams can actually look for someone other than Massa. You know, with a view to the future. Yes, and in fact, Williams are going to do what Force India did a few years ago, and. Clearly, it's not bad to copy a team that's faster than you. <laughs> But Williams are, or rather, have confirmed that they're going to have a straight shootout between Paul Deresta and Robert Kubica for the 2018 seat. And my apologies if I said Williams have confirmed because I know an official statement is 
pending, but this is pretty much confirmed by the paddock rumors. That's a really an interesting storyline. And I wish Formula One would cover this test and, you know, show us live updates and segments. I can't wait to see which way it goes. Yeah, and if Formula One is too busy doing other things, we don't mind temping for that job, right? Yeah, I, think, I think we could make some time. <laughs> I'd love to reignite my friendship with Mr. Paul DeResta for some reason. <laughs> but uh, Will Buxton tweeted how Paul DeResta and his crew spent more time than normal with the strolls in Malaysia. And frankly, not the news I wanted to know, because to be honest, I really hope that the strolls don't end up making this decision on who will partner Lance Stroll at Williams. Yeah, that would be unfair. Yeah, and anyway, uh, the other driver who really needs to make a comeback in Formula 1, who Alan, who has Alan Prost's backing, actually, is Sebastian Buemi. So he's won everything outside of Formula 1. We've spoken about him before. And uh, he's actually won everything outside of Formula 1 after he left Formula 1. And frankly, I love the temperament that guy has. And I know that that's what we need in the Formula 1 paddock. Yeah, and thinking from Red Bull Racing's perspective, they don't seem to be going anywhere with Danny Kivat. And if Verstappen and Ricciardo both leave at the end of 2018, in Buemi, they'd have a good senior driver to join Red Bull Racing alongside Sainz. Obviously, they'll have to bring Sainz back from Renault. So... That works well. Yes, and that reminds me, we are yet to speak of Daniel Ricciardo, who scored his eighth podium. He attacked and overtook Valtteri Bottas textbook style. It was so good, that wheel-to-wheel racing. Yeah. They had so much respect for each other. I mean, I was like, okay, they're going to touch, they're going to touch, and they did not touch, which is great. And then, of course, Daniel Ricciardo defended aggressively against Sebastian Vettel's attempt to snatch the last step of the podium from him. So... Kudos to Daniel Ricciardo as well. Yeah, sure. It was a really good drive, Kunal. But I think what I liked most about Ricciardo was his dancing on the EDM video. He'd put it up on Facebook recently. (laughs) Oh my God, it was hilarious. (laughs) Yes. I think it's also up on our Inside Line F1 podcast Facebook page. I think Formula One is so lucky to have a personality like Ricciardo on the grid right now. Though I don't think we can handle more than one of him, you know. (laughs) One is enough. Yeah, and you know, in this day and age where drivers appear all serious, most of the times difficult to communicate to and get in touch with, etc. Ricciardo is like a breath of fresh fresh air and he's doing fantastically well to build his brand image the happy driver way. And look at the way he's connecting to fans. I mean, we keep talking about him every episode. So, since we're talking of being happy, the one team apart from Red Bull Racing that would have been happy to see Red Bull Racing win would have been McLaren because uh, let's remember they're going to be taking the same engines that Red. <laughs> let's remember they're going to be taking the same engine that Red Bull actually won the race in in Malaysia, and I am very eager to see a Red Bull racing versus McLaren fight in 2018 because both these teams have complained about the power unit issues, which of course have been there, and uh, uh, they've been saying how their power unit issues have masked their good performances, the chassis can otherwise deliver. Yeah, but hey, that was true for Red Bull in Malaysia for sure. Of course, yes. And the works Renault team, they had a race to forget. I think my best memory of their race was when Hulkenberg got a um, message on his dashboard saying, cool the car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Renault seems to have their priorities right. You know, other than cool dashboard messages like you pointed out. Um, They say that they're not in Formula 1 to make friends, and that's good. I like that kind of an attitude. 
and uh, they say this to drop a further hint to possibly confirm that they will be hiring FIA's former technical delegate, a gentleman who goes by the last name Badowski. <laughs> and you know, when I, every time I read about Budowski it reminds me of Kowalski from The Penguins of Madagascar and <laughs> I mean it's an interesting last name <laughs> there really yeah <laughs> but this controversy will be the one to follow in the next few weeks to come and I personally feel Renault's pulled the fast one on the rest of the team that are faster than them so yeah. <laughs> at least they're faster somewhere <laughs> Pierre Gasly, I was really happy actually that he had a break and he had a fairly good debut. But I just want him to remember that Red Bull Racing's radio message to him saying follow Vettel was only meant for the race. They certainly didn't want him to, you know, follow Vettel to Ferrari or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, I just remembered Vettel's Sau Uber ride with Pascal Wehrlein. How can one really forget that? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> And, you know, thanks to that moment, we got to know that, hey, Pascal Verlein was racing in Malaysia too. <laughs> His claim to fame moment. And thanks to that moment, I remember reading a meme which, meme which said that there is an Uber in Sauber. Can you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> so, Suzuka, this weekend, Kunal, are you excited? Yes, I am very excited. My first thought in Malaysia when Vettel couldn't compete in qualifying on Saturday... And, you know, when he stepped out of the car to cheer his mechanics was a quick flashback of Michael Schumacher doing the same in Suzuka back in 2006. And I remember that moment actually cost him his eighth driver's championship and Fernando Alonso won that year. But uh, ironically, that was also thanks to a Ferrari engine failure. Wow. Kunal, I think you just need any tiny trigger to start talking about Michael Schumacher. And, you know, there you go again. <laughs> But hey, that was actually a good reference because, it was. you know, baby Schumacher doing what Schumacher does on track. I grant you that. In the pits. <laughs> I just hope that Red Bull Racing versus Ferrari versus Mercedes will actually happen. You know, races are so much more fun when you have so many drivers in the mix who can win. And at such times, I actually don't care about who wins the championship as long as the race itself is exciting. <laughs> so we've got five races to go. Hamilton's grip on the title, which you don't care about, but he does, is only increasing. Uh, but I think the key difference would be to see is uh, if Mercedes set the pace yet again. Because we've had two consecutive races where they were actually just the third fastest car on the grid. Which is a bit strange for Mercedes. And uh, which actually then makes me add that just like we have previously applauded Vettel for his superior performance in the first half of the season, you know, where he led the Drivers' Championship despite not being in the fastest car. The same actually should hold true and does hold true for Lewis Hamilton in the last few races. Let's remember he's not been in the fastest car, but he has still scored more points and more consistently than Sebastian Vettel. I know that Suzuka has played a pivotal role in the World Drivers' Championship for many seasons, Kunal, I am waiting to see what it has for us in store on Sunday. Thank you so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. And we will see you in a few days from now after Suzuka.